Hello, and thank you for joining us on Giving Voice to Depression. I'm Bridget. And I'm Terry. More than 350 million people worldwide suffer from depression, but you do not have to have it yourself to be affected by it. Its prevalence pretty much guarantees that someone you care about battles its darkness. This podcast tries to shine some light into that darkness. We're not experts, and we're not therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and are committed to encouraging healthy, healing conversations about mental illness. Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry. So this episode may be of particular interest to listeners who have uh, what's often called treatment-resistant depression and those who want to manage their depression but do not want to rely on antidepressants, and there are a lot of them. We could have named this episode, Hey, This is Kind of Interesting, because that's the energy we're trying to bring to it. We're not selling or endorsing anything. We're just putting information out there that might help, some additional tools that may or may not fit into your particular depression management toolkit. Today, we're going to speak with Dr. James Greenblatt, and he's a forerunner in the field of integrative and nutritional psychiatry. And he's got almost 30 years' experience of treating patients, teaching worldwide. He's written many books. And he argues that to treat depression, clinicians must understand the connection between the mind and the body and start looking for unique biochemical markers in each individual. So it's customized medicine, and it offers hope. And today he's going to discuss with us one of his more recent books that I really enjoyed called Breakthrough Depression Solution. Here's Dr. Greenblatt. If you live with or are battling depression, it may have been a long time since you've heard something hopeful from a doctor. So that's where we're going to begin today. I believe we have the tools now um, that we hadn't 20 years ago to effectively treat depression and not partially treat it, which is our psychopharm model with side effects, um, you know, no sex drive, weight gain, all these things that if we can completely treat the illness and use words like recovery and remission the way we do for every other illness in medicine. Uh, isn't that amazing to hear? That's what we're going to talk about today. But first, we have to acknowledge where we're starting from. And I'm going to start with a quote that you have in your book, and then you can just take it from there. Psychiatrists must take a shot-in-the-dark approach. Psychiatry is the measureless medicine, the only specialty that does not use objective measures to diagnose and treat disease. We don't always know what we're trying to treat or how to find it, and we don't know what our treatment should be, and we don't know if they work. Yikes. Why don't you tell me a little bit about where you think the current state of affairs in treatments for depression is? You did take one of my favorite lines, the measureless medicine, because uh, depression is just such a, a misunderstood illness that our current models, primarily psychopharm, which means medication, is just based on, on symptoms. And there's so many different things that might be causing that list of symptoms that our book, a Bible, DSM, calls depression. Symptoms, including low mood and energy, changes in sleep and appetite, sadness, thoughts of hopelessness and helplessness. And Dr. Greenblatt cites study after study that finds that two-thirds of patients who are successfully treated with antidepressants still have residual symptoms, including those horrible thoughts of hopelessness and suicidality. So we're not kind of curing 
an illness as we would pneumonia or an ear infection or every other illness in medicine. We're just kind of putting a Band-Aid, and it's not a great Band-Aid. Dr. Greenblatt and many others believe it's long past time for personalized, integrative approaches to psychiatry and treatment to become the norm. And, and my work is all based on looking at the underlying cause, not just utilizing medications to treat symptoms. Doesn't mean medications might not be part of the solution for some, but the only way we're going to make a dent in this epidemic is understanding what might be contributing to the um, underlying symptoms. The focus of um, you know, integrative medicine, integrative psychiatry really is looking at all the tools we have available to us, and that could be everything from psychotherapy to medications to my area of focus is looking at nutrition and metabolic deficiencies. And it also treats the mind and the body as though they're one, right? It's a synergistic system, kind of an ecosystem. I mean, there's not a distinction. I actually this morning was trying to look for a slide or a picture of somebody without a neck. Exactly. From the- <laughs> you know, how, how medicine, particularly psychiatrists, forgot that there's a connection, you know, between the body and the, and the head. Um, so if we have a problem in our gut with abnormal bacteria, it can affect our thinking. And um, if we have thoughts that are overwhelming and distressing or a victim of trauma, that will affect our body. A lot of Dr. Greenblatt's work is focused on people who don't respond to traditional psychotherapy and medications. And some of the elements that he and others consider in integrative psychiatry include nutritional deficiencies, immunity, hormonal imbalances, allergies, environmental toxins, and heavy metals in the body, inflammation, digestion, parasites, and thyroid function. That's a lot of variables. It is um, sometimes overwhelming for the clinician and the patient, but I believe it's the only way we can treat depression effectively. So we need to kind of go on a detective uh, mission and do as many variables as we can to see if we can begin to uncover these underlying causes. And that approach is not measureless. It involves lab tests, just like any other real physical illnesses. Yeah, it's very hard um, to me to now practice. It's been almost 30 years without looking at um, these objective tests. So it involves blood tests, looking at vitamin B12 levels, um, amino acids level, looking at um, byproducts of the gut. Um, You can detect in urine, hair tests for heavy metals, even the cheek swab, looking at genetic differences. That's kind of our core assessment that we can then from there, I believe, help 80% of the individuals we're seeing. And then for the other small percentage, might need to add a different test or two. But always looking for that objective, concrete model that we can begin to develop a plan with. And of course, that costs money. But not getting to the root of the problem also costs. Yeah, when we begin to think of, um, one, those in, in treatment and uh, not getting better. And then certainly if we think of the I believe, preventable tragedy of suicide, um, the consequences of untreated. 80, 90 percent of all individuals that do commit suicide have depression. The toll and the cost are really profound and overwhelming. Dr. Greenblatt uses the mnemonic, the zebra, to spell out factors he believes that need to be addressed for someone with depression. 
things you might want to research, write down, or talk to your doctor or therapist about, or even consider adding a functional or integrative doctor to your healthcare team. It's really a nice image of our concept of personalized medicine and biochemical individuality because each zebra has a unique stripe pattern. So the T for take care of yourself talks about sleep, stress, and refined sugar. H is for hormones. E is for exclude, looking at celiac disease and food allergies. And then zinc, Z is for zinc and trace minerals. And E is for exercise. And then B is for B vitamins and all the other vitamins. And R is restore the gut. And A is for amino acids. That last one, amino acids available in foods and supplements are not one that we've heard about before. Yet Dr. Greenblatt says sometimes it's the most important intervention for depression. Sometimes it's the only step you'll need to take. Our entire field of psychiatry is based on medications, and each one of these medications affect a neurotransmitter in the brain. We can affect those same neurotransmitters by these amino acids. Without the adequate essential amino acids, we can't make our neurotransmitters, we can't make our enzymes, and people feel fatigued and depressed. That's definitely one that we'll be bringing up with our doctors. Another is microdoses of nutritional lithium orotate, an important trace mineral that can be found in many foods and is available in supplements. It's bought over the counter and it's affordable. Dr. Greenblatt has found that lithium increases serotonin and dopamine, decreases inflammation, stabilizes mood, can treat reoccurrent depression and bipolar disorder. And get this, he calls it our only anti-suicide medication. Wow. Tell us about lithium orotate. Uh, well, I think wow is, is the only word that I could use. I mean, I, I do think it's um, uh, quite dramatic. Um, it's, and what we have found is that the drinking water, um, lithium is in the soils, and the drinking water across the globe varies in the content of lithium. If you live in a community that there's very low lithium that you're getting in the soil and you're drinking water, you have much higher rates of mental illness, and that includes suicide and violence, depression. If you live in areas that have high lithium in the drinking water, you have lower rates of major uh, psychiatric illness, including suicide and depression. So my work has been looking at this very low um, one to 20 milligrams of lithium to see if we can make a dent in prevention of suicide and treating um, major uh, psychiatric illness. While we are very careful to not promote or endorse any treatments, since we are not doctors, it does kind of make me want to scream. Why has no one mentioned any of this to me before? Jeez. Um, if someone has impaired a kidney you know, or thyroid, they should only take lithium orotate under the supervision of a doctor. We have done it many times and monitored um, and, and got improvement. The side effects of lithium orotate have been, um, I've had thousands over the years and there have been you know, a few I can count on my uh, hand, one hand, and, and the side effects are, most of them are, have to do with feeling too calm. We'll link some of Dr. Greenblatt's articles on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com, so that you can get more details if you're interested. And you might want to grab a pen and paper for this next part, because we asked Dr. Greenblatt for three suggestions for people with depression, and all three involve your doctor. Ready? 
One, if they're taking medicines, they might look at genetic testing because it can really help kind of better define which medicines could be helpful. And, and part of that genetic testing is looking at MTHFR, the, um, the gene that helps understand where folate, um, how much folate is needed. Second recommendation would be uh, just a simple blood test looking at B12 and vitamin D levels. I'd say the mo one of the most common things I've seen for poorly treated or partially treated depression where patients are doing everything the doctors told them, but nobody checked a B12 level and it is low. And, and the third thing, you know, might be a better family history. Uh, with a strong family history, I think we can better tailor our treatment and people can begin to, one, stop blaming themselves, understand there's a genetic liability, and then often it's easier to pinpoint some of the underlying nutritional and metabolic things that we can use. Dr. Greenblatt, thank you so much for sharing your 30 years of experience with us. Uh, Bridget, I really appreciate your time and, um, and the work that you're doing. Take thank care. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow. Why, 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 why? <laughs> vitamin D levels, vitamin B12 levels, amino acids. I mean, these are things I'm not sure I've been tested for in relation to depression. I find great solace in knowing that if I had a functional medicine doctor on my team, that I have a new expert with new insights and he's considering, he or she is considering different variables that might be part of the puzzle and they're doable steps. The idea that we have some control over it, I think most of us feel, you know, we take the one med our doctor prescribes, and if we get any relief, we consider it a success. So this is exciting. We, we, we're being sort of intentionally vague about some of the things because we really just want to give you the idea to research or talk to your doctor about as opposed to, you know, pretend to give you a prescription or something that we're not qualified to do. But Bridget, amino acids, he says literally, your quote was, sometimes it's the only step you'll need to take. I know they're available in foods and supplements, but you've read the book, and I haven't. In fact, I think you said you read it three times. Um, how, how does one get more amino acids or know which ones we need? Is that just all a matter of a blood test? You would do testing with a functional medicine doctor, and he would be the first, they would be the first to say that there's still many mysteries that remain, but that there's no question that low levels of certain amino acids are absolutely connected to depression. I love to think of the army of uh, giving voice to depression listeners walking into their doctors with a little list with, you know, B12 and, you know, amino acids and lithium and vitamin D, you know, all these things and just saying, test these things and let me know if they are contributing to the way I feel. I'd say cut to the punch and, and add a functional medicine doctor to your team who this is their thing. You don't have to run the show. They run the show then. They know all the kind of intricacies and interdependencies of those numbers. And we are going to be interviewing someone from a firm that does a cheek swab test, which tells you if you are going to take an antidepressant, which particular one and which particular dosage will work best with your particular chemistry. So that is upcoming. So it's a lot to take in, but it is a hopeful message that there are some things that we can do, some things that we can control that could actually treat the depression as opposed to treat the symptoms. So thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Terry. Love you. Love you too, hon. We hope that these shared stories bring out a little more understanding or help people articulate their experiences of depression a little more clearly or more freely. 
Thanks to all, everyone who's digging deep and finding the words and finding the courage to give voice to depression. You can find all the other episodes, some resources, and a blog on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And you can find the podcast most of the other places that you find podcasts. Just Google it, as our mom says. And please remember, if you're hurting, speak up. If someone else is hurting, listen up. Listen up. 